Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Narration by George podcast, the podcast on audiobooks, spiritual ideas, and other items of interest. I'm George Taylor, and today I'm bringing you podcast number 95, Spiritual Ideas, Ephesians, Part 1. You might have noticed that this podcast was silent last week. I spent some time thinking more about what I want to do with the podcast in this year. Plus, I have some new responsibilities that I've not had in the past, which consume some more of my time. So here is the bottom line regarding the podcast. First of all, this podcast is going to become an every-other-week podcast. I'll still publish on Wednesdays, as I have done in the past in general. However, instead of weekly, I'm now publishing every other week. Secondly, this podcast is going to take on more in the way of spiritual matters than we have in the past. Most of this is going to be my own teaching. I spend a considerable amount of my time preparing for, delivering, and facilitating Bible discussions. And this podcast will become an extension of some of that work. I'm not a super deep biblical scholar, but I am a self-taught Bible student, and I want to share with you what I've learned from my studies. I'm not going to be ignoring the world of audiobooks that I'm offering through Narration by George. However, they're not going to be the primary focus of the podcast for a while. While audiobooks are fun and fascinating, this world needs some spiritual focus, and I want to help contribute to that. With that being said, I know there may be some of you who think you're not interested in matters spiritual, and perhaps definitely not Christian. I'm going to ask your indulgence, if you will. I don't browbeat, but I don't back off of what the Bible has to say about certain subjects which would be considered sensitive in today's world. Rather than turning me off, I invite you to hear me out and then communicate with me about your thoughts. If you're willing, I might even put you on the podcast with me for a one-on-one discussion. You can find my email address at the end of the podcast and in the podcast notes. Like I say, I want to hear from you. Today, we want to start by looking at the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. Why Ephesians? Well, it is a carefully crafted look at the good news of Jesus, followed by what that might imply to anyone who follows him. So let's dive in. First of all, what about this name, this name Ephesians? Well, it stands for the city of Ephesus in Greece, where a church was located to which the Apostle Paul wrote this letter. Ephesus is a seaport city, still is there. If you've ever lived in a seaport city, Uh, with uh, a lot of ships coming and going from all parts of the world, you know that all kinds of people come and go in and out of the city. And they bring with them all the influences of their world, both good and bad, and leave something of that influence with the community when they leave. Such was Ephesus. The city was filled with worshipers of the goddess Diana, also known as Artemis. A large temple was built in the city. There was a large industry of silversmiths who created likenesses of Artemis to sell, making a lot of money for that trade. The Apostle Paul came into Ephesus on the last of three journeys he had made from Israel to the Greek and Roman world, 
Remember that this area was all controlled by the Roman Empire at this time. Paul was a Roman citizen. He could travel from area to area, and he did so. And in each place, he talked about the story of Jesus Christ. Paul stayed in Ephesus for about two years, preaching and teaching. So as Acts chapter 19, verse 10 says, that the people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. The influence of Christians in Ephesus was such that the silversmiths, you remember them? They were concerned about their source of income. Paul and Christians were saying that these statues of Diana weren't gods at all. They got so mad about this that they staged a demonstration, a protest. The Bible tells us, and I'm quoting now, soon the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Inside the amphitheater, the confusion was so great that the mayor of Ephesus had to calm the citizens down by reminding them that the men they had drug into the amphitheater had nothing to do with the temple of Diana. They had done nothing to the temple, they had not stolen anything from it, and they hadn't even spoken against the goddess. If there's a problem, then it needed to be settled in court, he said. But, he continued, if they were going to continue as they were, they could be charged with inciting a riot by the Roman authorities. So the crowd dissipated. The influence of this church was great enough to cause a riot in the city. But it wasn't because of what they said against the goddess Diana. It was because of what they said about Jesus. And it is into this environment that Paul writes sometime around AD 64 from a jail cell in Rome. Here's the first verses. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, and that's from the New Living Translation of the Scriptures. Is there any wonder why these Ephesian Christians were telling the story of Jesus? Look at Paul's description of what God, the Father of Jesus, has done for us. Verse 3 starts out, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we have been united with Christ. What does that mean? What Paul is saying here 
is that if you have been joined with Christ, then we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. How are we joined with Christ? Paul talks about that in the book of Romans in chapter 6. He writes verses 3 and 4, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism? So he's saying we are joined with Christ in baptism, and because of that, we enjoy every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And we see those spiritual blessings as we read on in this text. Starting in verse 4, we find a couple of those blessings. He says, Even before he made the world, God loved us. What? Stop and think about that. Before the world was made, God loved you. Let me say it one more time. Before the world was made, God loved you. That's you individually before you were ever born. Before your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents were ever born, God loved you. Beyond that, he says, he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. How did he do that? I have no idea. No one does. But he looked around and chose you to be holy. Now, what does that mean? Holy means that you're set apart for God. You're set apart, but even more than that, you are without fault. Now, does that mean we are perfect? Obviously not. But we are without fault when we have been joined with Christ. God looks at us through the perfection of Jesus Christ. Verse 5 continues, God decided to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself in Jesus Christ. Being adopted, of course, means that you've been chosen to be a special part of a family that is not yours. So God has adopted you through Jesus Christ into his own family. He wants you to be his. And then the scripture says, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Whoa, that's enough, isn't it? But there's even more, and we'll talk about that after this break. So we're talking today about the blessings of God in the heavenly realms, those wonderful spiritual blessings God lavishes upon us. Sometimes God's blessings take the form of happenings on earth that might be unexplainable. I've produced a book which is a compilation of the unexplainable. Joni Heilman collected these stories and brings them to us in Miracles 31 True Stories. Each story deals with someone's struggle and how God worked in their lives to help them. Here's a sample from the book. Narration by George.com presents the Story a Day giveaway. These true stories come from Joni Heilman's book, Miracles, 32 True Stories. You can find more information on my website, narrationbygeorge.com slash miracles. This is day 11 of our giveaway, and we present... Dave's story, jolted, jolted, Dave's story. 
I've been a long-haul trucker for 34 years, and only once do I remember falling asleep at the wheel. Well, I don't actually remember falling asleep, but I will never forget waking up. It was back in the late 1980s, and I was doing a route I had done many times before. Starting from Maine, I had traveled down the eastern seaboard to New Jersey, where I stopped to unload and pick up another trailer. From there, I would drive through the night to reach my next stop outside of Boston at 8 a.m. It was a hard trip, but I was used to doing it, and normally I had no trouble staying awake. However, on this night, I was tired. I just could not keep my eyes open, and I nodded off. But before the truck went off the road, something jolted me awake. I was holding the wheel when something, or someone, touched me on the back of my left hand. It was no ordinary touch. It felt as though someone's finger went right inside the back of my hand. Suddenly, I was wide awake, and I remember saying, Lord, you've got my attention. My hand went completely numb for six or eight hours, and I certainly had no trouble staying awake for the rest of the trip. I guess there are all kinds of ways for God or one of his angels to get your attention. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, King James Version. A sample from Miracles 31 True Stories, as compiled by Joni Heilman. This audiobook is available for download at CD Baby at a very special price. If you go to my website, it's narrationbygeorge.com slash books. You'll find an icon for the book at the top of the page. Click on that icon to find the page for purchasing the book. All proceeds to the narrator and the author of this book will be donated to Every Eye Shall See Him Ministries. This ministry provides medical, physical, and spiritual care to the poor of Haiti. On my page for this book, you'll find a link to this ministry's website. I invite you to check them out. And for a book that is full of great encouragement, download Miracles, 31 True Stories. You'll find more great books at my website as well, narrationbygeorge.com slash books. I'm also on Facebook. Search for Narration by George there. Don't forget to like the page. You'll also find me on Twitter, where I'm at Narration by Geo, and I do follow back if you follow me. I'd love to hear from you. Your messages and comments are always welcome. Now, let's get back to the first chapter of Ephesians. Let me recap. So far, what does Paul say that God has done for us? God loved us before the world was made. He chose us to be holy and without fault. He's adopted us into his family because he wanted to do it. But that's not the end of it. Let's read on. God pours out his grace on those who belong to his Son. What is grace? Well, you remember that part we were talking about earlier where we're made holy and without fault? That's what grace does for us. 
God looks at us, and instead of seeing us in all our faults and flaws, he sees us through the eyes of Jesus. He sees us as faultless, as blameless and holy, set apart for him. That is grace. Then the scriptures tell us that he has bought us. Now, that's a strange way of talking, isn't it? Sounds like we have been sold. And in a way, we have. You see, all of us are really slaves. Paul puts it like this again in Romans 6, chapter 6, verse 16. He writes, Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Have you thought about your life like that? You're a slave to either sin, disobedience to God's will and way, leading to death, or you're a slave to God's will, leading to righteousness. Being a slave, God has bought us from the slavery of sin with the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ. And in that process, he has forgiven our sins. That means, according to the end of verse 7, we are now free and forgiven. I like the way this is rendered in the message. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free, abundantly free. God has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Now, that's a lot to take in. Let's summarize. What has God done for us? Let's take a look at a list from this passage. God loved us even before the world began. He chose us to be set apart for him and faultless in his eyes. He adopted us into his family because he wanted to. He poured out his grace upon us. He bought us out of slavery to sin, out of our disobedience, and made us free and forgiven. He has showered us with kindness, wisdom, and understanding. Amazing, isn't it? But I don't want you to miss the key ingredient in all of this. He has done this for those who are united with Christ, verse 3, to those who belong to his Son, verse 6, through the blood of his own Son, verse 7, through Jesus Christ, verse 5. Jesus Christ is the key, and without that key, those blessings, those spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms are not ours. Imagine being able to claim those blessings. It's all possible through Jesus Christ, through being united with Jesus in baptism. That's our time for today. I have so much more to share with you from this amazing letter. So I invite you to join me in two weeks when I return with the next segment from this letter. I'd love to hear your comments about my comments. You can email me by writing to george at narrationbygeorge.com or you can send me a message on Facebook, do a search for Narration by George, or find me on Twitter where I'm at Narration by Geo. I look forward to hearing from you. 
And so I invite you to join me in two weeks when we take a look at the next passage from the book of Ephesians in chapter 1. In the meantime, as we've seen today, God has blessed you. Share that blessing with someone else.